0: We are going to uh, now uh, continue our vision series, 2020 vision. So we're in week four of our vision series. We'll do this for five weeks. So next week is the last part of our vision series. Of course, we've covered our vision statement, reach up, rise up, reach out. Very important that we stay on track. We don't want to get off, go some strange direction. As a church, as a body of believers, we want to stay on task. In the old days, Zig Ziglar, if anybody remembers who that is, he used to say the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And uh, that's just good word because we don't want to get distracted by all these other things and run in so many different directions. You know, pastor goes to a conference and we come back and everything's different. You know, let's, let's not do that. Uh, We want to reach up, a real relationship with the living God is available to you. We want to make that connection with God, either, you know, a first time coming to the Lord, asking for forgiveness of sins and pledging your life to follow Christ, or that continual reaching up to God in prayer and worship through studying the word, just that connection with the Lord that we need to have. So reach up and then rise up, a real relationship with the living God will change you. We become different people and we are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come when we come to the Lord and we continue to learn and grow and get better over time. We want to rise up. It's the sanctification or discipleship process and then reach out a real relationship with the living God is a call to action. We are called to make a difference in this world to bear fruit for the kingdom of God to be lights in the darkness. We're here to make a difference and so we are to reach out. So we've been covering that also for 2020 for this year for Good Hope Church. uh, We're focusing on shoring up two weaknesses with regards to capacity. You know, I believe that there's a scriptural promise that our cup will run over, and I believe it's up to us to hold out a big cup. I think if you hold out a little cup, your little cup will run over. If you hold out a big cup, it'll get maybe heavy, but then it'll run over, you know. So it's our job to hold out a big cup. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But we've got two capacity issues here at the Cloquet campus of Good Hope Church. One is a love capacity. You know, we need to get to know people. We're growing, and that's fantastic, but that means that it's easier for people to slip through the cracks and not get noticed, that sort of a thing. So we did hire another staff member, Ryan Green, who is doing all of our creative arts and all that sort of stuff. You know, he's fantastic with all of that. He's incredible. So our digital presence is going to get stronger. But also, he is freeing up some other people to be able to do things, and he is helping to free me up and give Me some extra time. So, one of the ways that we're hoping to increase our love capacity is I will meet with you. I don't care who you are. If you're here, uh, go grab one of my business cards in the info area, shoot me an email. We'll get together. We can have breakfast. We can have lunch. We can go snowshoeing. I don't care. Let's just go. (laughs) Let's spend some time together. I want to get to know you. That's my pledge to you. You know, it might take a little while to work it out with the uh, schedules and that sort of a thing, but uh, let's just do that. Uh, That'd be super good. And then the other capacity issue is just space. You know, like we got people sitting in the front row, and that's the scariest thing in the world. You know, it's, I tell you what, that's double treasures in heaven for sitting in the front row. It's very important. But, What we're going to do starting the 15th and 16th of February. So the third weekend of February, we're going to be giving the option of kids being in kids church, the whole service. So that will be, you know, all the way from nursery to fifth grade, there will be kids programming downstairs for the whole service. I I have a a conflict in my heart about that because one of the things I think is tremendously valuable. I want a five-year-old boy watching their dad worship God. To me, that is just worth it. You know, like the whole, all the hassles of ministry, if a boy can watch their dad love Jesus, that to me is so powerful. But dads, you can show your kids you love Jesus in other ways. And uh, so if it works to have your kids out, that's cool. They can stay in. It's just an option. That's just uh, something that is available that should open up some more seats because after the kids go to kids church then we always have space so those are a couple ways we're trying to make the cup bigger and uh, believe for that to overflow so today we're going to talk about some faith goals for Good Hope Church. We're going to talk about what, uh, what we're going to try to do here this year and believe God for. And of course, we'll tie that into individual personal faith goals and how we can see God move and how we can reach those faith goals. So that's going to be the topic for today. So we're going to talk about faith goals. We're going to talk about pressing in, trying to make progress. Why do we press? Why do we try to get farther and advance more? I mean, we've got people coming to church, you know, the bills are paid. Shouldn't we just coast now? Shouldn't we just relax? You know, like a lot of churches aren't having, you know, increase in attendance and increases in giving and, you know, like, so shouldn't we just coast and call her good? No. Why not? Well, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 12. It says, remember Some people, you grow up in a Christian environment and this whole thing is not that big of a deal. If you grew up outside of the faith and you came to believe, then you have something to remember. You can remember the days on the outside. You can remember when you were separate from Christ. So it says here, remember. That at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. This described people that the Apostle Paul was writing to 2000 years ago in Ephesus, but it describes people right now in Cloquet, in Carlton County, St. Louis County. Of course, it describes people all around the world. And it isn't about getting people to come to church and having the bills paid. It's about people who are separate from Christ without God and without hope in the world. And we are the ones who are to help them. We are the ones who are to bring the truth of the gospel to help people. And so as long as there are people who are separated from Christ, who need to know that there's a God in heaven that loves them and that there is a hope for new life and abundant life now, everlasting life in the paradise of God, as long as there are people like that out there, I will press and we will press to reach them because we want to see the next verse come to pass. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. This is the cause of Christ to bring people to God, to bring people to freedom, to bring people into new life. So what are some strategies, some things that we're going to do here in 2020, some faith goals that we have for Good Hope Church, things that we're hoping will work. And of course, we try stuff and not everything works. Because we're pressing and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't, but we're going to lean in. We're going to see what we can get done. We're going to believe God for something good. First thing that we're going to start is again, February 15th and 16th, kids will have the opportunity to be out the whole time. So pray for us, you know, because there's logistical issues and figuring things out with all of that, but pray for that process. We're going to be leaning more on some volunteers and there'll be extra work to be done with that. Another thing that we're looking at to increase that connective capacity is the Alpha Course. Alpha Course will be starting on the 18th of February. It's Tuesday. So Tuesday night, the 18th of February, Alpha starts. And it's something, if you're a a seasoned Christian come to Alpha. It could be very, very good. You can also bring someone who, who doesn't know what to think about God and religion and all that stuff. It's a great place to invite someone. So Alpha is a fantastic time. We had a video about that earlier, but there's food. So come on, get some food, bring somebody. I want it. You, know, you can sign up with the handwritten info area, sign up. You can go to good Hope. .ag/events and you can sign up that way. That's the best way is online. Most people sign up that way. And you can get involved in that. You'll get a small group discussion time. It's a facilitation deal. It's not arguing your point. It's just sharing where you're at. So it's a great great opportunity to explore the things of faith in a safe environment. It's a great way to get to know some people, make some connections and also to solidify the foundation of your faith and to help other people come in and get to know the Lord. You know, uh, Lunch With Me, that's one of the things, talked about that earlier as well. That's another thing we're trying to do to increase our capacity. The Kingdom Investments program that we have, I'm very excited about, you know, making a difference in all these different areas. It's basically like the Sponsor a Child program, only it's more like a Sponsor a Missionary or Sponsor a Project program. You can sponsor a child that way for, at the New Vision Children's Home, but you also could do something like the building project at Lake Geneva Christian Center. That's the thing that I'm sponsoring this year. Very excited about what's going on there because our kids' camps and our youth camps over in Alexandria are bursting. Almost 6,000 kids and youth attended camps this past summer, and we're looking for that to advance and increase, but we need to hold out a bigger cup because we're starting to run out of places for them to stay. So we need to build another building. That building is going to cost $6 million, and that's a chunk. There's enough people out there to get the job done. I believe Good Hope Church can do 1% of that. 1% would be $60,000 over a three-year period. But let me tell you about strength in numbers. If we just take our average attendance and we divide it, the 60000 into three, which is 20000 we divide our attendance into that. You know how much per year each individual would have to give for us to make our $60,000 goal in that three-year time frame? Per person, that'd be $40 a year. $40 bucks a year per person. Some people, of course, can't do that. Some people can do more than that. And uh, that, to me, seems manageable. I think we can do that. I think we can do our 1% of the project. One of the things that happens when a church grows Is you end up with more attenders and fewer partners. They're all working together, they're bought in. And we call those partners at Good Hope Church. So we have. Members, member, you just have to show up and have given beyond the giving roles and want to be a Christian and try your best, whatever. Then you're a member. You know, you can't volunteer yet, (laughs) even though you're a member. You have to take the foundations class to be able to volunteer. And then we have this progressive thing. And the partners are the people, they're bought into the church. They're uh, willing to honor the 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies of God. They are the sort of people who. Who give, you know, they're the tithers, that sort of thing. We want to increase the number of partners that we have. And one of the things that can be a hindrance to that is the tithing piece. And so we're going to do a 90-day challenge. This is uh, something that a lot of churches do. It's basically a test tithe. If you're at that place where that next step you need to take is in giving, is in tithing, if that's where you're at, a lot of people aren't in that spot. You know, some people are past that. Some people aren't there yet. Just, just relax. You'll know if it's, your, if it's time for you to try that. If it isn't, don't force it. But if it's your next step... We'll do, uh, we're going to do the 90-day challenge, which is basically this. Go ahead and tithe, and for 90 days, we will set it aside. And if you run into trouble, we'll just give it back to you, and you can find out. And in fact, even 30 days after the 90 days is over, if you run into trouble, we'll just give it all back to you, and then you'll be okay. So you don't have to be afraid, but you can try it and see what happens and see if God will bless that. We'll I'll talk a little bit more about that next week. And then church planting is always out there, but I don't see church planting in 2020. One of the things that we might be looking at in a long-term situation, you know, the two to three-year process would be a building addition. We could really make a huge difference. I mean, that ought to, I think that's pretty significant. These are all potential things. We'll talk about that more in the future. Just wanted to throw that out there. So that's a lot of stuff. And I bet you've got some goals yourself for 2020. Right? You've set your, some faith goals. You've got some things you want to see God do in your life. Maybe it's a, a way of serving the Lord more effectively. Maybe it's a, a health goal or a financial goal, a family goal, a business goal, something along those lines. You probably have all these goals. Well, uh, we've got goals for the church. We've got personal goals. We've got all this stuff. Sometimes it can feel like it gets to be a big mountain that can squish you, right? Anybody ever feel like that where it's just like too much pressure? I always like to read Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 before we get out of hand. So let's read Matthew 11, starting in verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Was he lying when he said that? Why does it seem so hard then? I would say it's possible that we're missing something. It's possible that there's a way of walking with God that we haven't fully grasped. And that, you know, a lot of times you got to put forth some effort. You know, there's struggles, there's difficulties, there's challenges. This isn't denying that. But there is a way to serve the Lord where his yoke is easy, his burden is light, and we can grab hold of that and see the faith goals come to pass at the same time. In fact, I've noticed in my ministry life, which this uh, in April, it'll be 20 years as a pastor. I'll have 20 years in. Wouldn't that that'd be? We should have cake or something. That'd be fun. I would be excited about that. I've learned over time. I used to work really, 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 really hard and see very little progress. Now I let God do stuff. And man, is it more effective and easier. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I need to do my part and I need to let God do his part. And that is way, way easier. It's an important lesson to learn. So let's not be afraid of having goals, of dreaming big dreams, of expecting major changes and tremendous progress. Let's not be afraid of that. But let's learn how to do that in a healthy way that doesn't crush us. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. So today we're going to talk about four steps to reaching your faith goals. This is true as a church. It's true for us as individuals. So four steps for reaching your faith goals. We're going to go to Mark chapter 11, read verses 22 through 25 and try to grab hold of this. Mark eleven twenty-two. Have faith in God. Amen. Jesus, if we just had this verse, this could be your life verse. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them does this mean that we should convene a meeting over by spirit mountain and we should tell the news and everybody say, okay, this Thursday, we're all going to pray. And we're, we're people of faith. So we're going to cast spirit mountain into Lake Superior. We need to make sure nobody's on the mountain because we don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, we mean this all in fun. So, and we're going to go out there. Should we call the news and tell them that we're going to do that? No, I don't think so. What this verse means is that There are things you are convinced are impossible. There are things you are convinced could never change, that you could never do, that you will never see happen, but those things are possible. Those things can be done. That change can happen, but we have to have faith or it's not going to happen. There are things that we think are impossible, but with faith, they're not just possible, but they will happen. We need to walk by faith and see God do great things. Verse 24, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. We'll talk about that verse here in a couple minutes. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. We want to have mountain-moving faith, faith that can see things happen that we think are impossible, that can't possibly happen, the marriage restored, the finances fixed, the, uh, the heart change happen, these things that we think are impossible. We want to have faith to see them come to pass. So how do we do that? I just have four things here that I believe four steps to seeing your faith goals come to pass. And so let's look at these four steps. Step number one is be faithful. Be faithful with what you have right now. Too many people are waiting to be faithful. Well, I, I, when it is a big deal, I'll be faithful. Now, be faithful right now. Be faithful today. Be faithful with little in Luke chapter 16, starting verse 10. Jesus says this, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So if you want to prove yourself faithful, do it now. Are you faithful with the time you have? What do you do with it? Well, I, you know, I just, I watch uh, all the reruns of Three's Company. I can get my hands on. That's what I do with my free time. Well, is that, is that faithful? Probably not. Why would God give you more time? Why would he multiply your time? Why would he show you efficiencies and all these sorts of things? If all you're going to do with it is watch reruns of Three's Company. So we want to be faithful with what we have so that then we can get the increase. Verse 11. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? So here Jesus is saying, like, go ahead and be faithful with this world's stuff so that you can get godly stuff, spiritual stuff. Verse 12. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? It's about making progress, being faithful in the little things so that you can receive the big things. Don't wait for it to be a big deal. Be faithful today. Now, It's fun to see the growth of the church. You know, last year, so 2019, Good Hope, average attendance, weekly attendance was 484. But when I first started 20 years ago, when I started as a pastor, I started in April. By the end of May, I had two churches that I was pastoring, one Sunday morning, one Sunday night. And the combined attendance was 25. The one church was eight. That was my Sunday morning church. And then the Sunday night church was 17. I was living in Bemidji, and I had to drive 66 miles to the Sunday morning one, and it was 72 miles the other direction for the Sunday night one, so that's 25, plus I was working 60, 65 hours a week on my regular job, because you have churches of 8 and 17, you're not getting paid for that. So it was, uh, you know, I was talking about working hard, like I was working hard, just trying to be faithful. I got my opportunity, fantastic. Eight? Eight people? Yeah, let's do it. You know, I had two Loises and a Stanley and a few other people, and it was great. <laughs> and now, as time has gone on, God has, has allowed me to be here. What an incredible blessing this is. But you got to be faithful in the little things. Before that, I cleaned the church and taught Sunday school. You know, you got to be faithful. Before that, I studied the Bible on my own when nobody told me to. you got to be faithful. So step one is be faithful. Step two is Persevere. persevere, because if we want the impossible to happen, we have to realize it will seem impossible. And what's worse than the difficulty of believing something now is three years from now having to believe for the same thing because it hasn't come to pass yet. We have to persevere. We have to continue. We have to believe over time. We have to persevere. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 35 says this, so do not throw away your confidence. This was written to people who were very strong in the faith, and they were facing persecution, and they were believing that God was going to deliver them, and they kept facing persecution, and they were believing that God would deliver them, and they kept facing persecution, and now some years later, they started to get discouraged. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised for in just a little while. He who is coming will come and will not delay in just a little while. He who is coming will come and will not delay. What is this the reference to? Far as I can tell, this is the second coming of Christ, right? So 2000 years ago, some people will say, just hang on just a little while. Jesus is on his way. Just hang on. Sometimes it takes longer than you anticipate. In just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. It will seem impossible, and it will seem just too hard. It's been too long. It's been a a, drudgery and a battle and a struggle, and it just seems like it's getting worse. But guess what? You have to persevere. You have to continue on so that you can receive the reward. Because if you give up, man, too many times people, they last 10 years and they give up a month before the breakthrough. You just got to keep at it. You got to persevere. Step one, be faithful. Step two, persevere. Step three, remove the things that block the miracle. Remove the things that block the miracle. Well, Pastor Mike, are you blaming me for not getting my miracle? No, no, no. Just relax. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But some things do block miracles. So we want to be smart. Let's go back to Mark eleven twenty five. 25. This is, you know, 24 was the believe you have received it. 23 was the moving mountains. 25 is this. When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone. How many people hold anything against anyone? When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. If we stand praying and yet we've got unforgiveness in our hearts, we've got bitterness towards people, we've got a wrong heart towards others, that can be a hindrance, that can be a block. So while you're praying, check your heart and see where you're at and offer forgiveness to those you need to offer forgiveness to because you don't want that to be a hindrance. This is said in another way in 1 Peter Chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So, what can hinder your prayers? If the husband treats the wife disrespectfully, that can hinder his prayers. That can be a block. To make these into generalizations, unforgiveness and treating people poorly can be something that stops our prayers from being effective. We need to be people of forgiveness. We need to share in the cross, not just in the receiving of forgiveness, but in the offering of forgiveness. And we need to be people who treat other people right. Or this can be something that's a block that blocks the miracle. This can be very obvious uh, from the outside. Like uh, as a church, if we treat people poorly, is God going to bless what we're doing? <laughs> of course not. It's just, it's, it's simple stuff. But we've got to forgive and we've got to treat people right. Remove the things that block the miracle. Next thing that can block the miracle is when we we make it about us instead of about God. You know, we want to be on board with God's plan, not trying to get God on board with our plan. That's one of the key mistakes that people make. I saw a billboard one time that said, if God is your co-pilot, switch seats. We want to be the co-pilot. We don't want to be the pilot. You know, we want to be on board with God's plan. And so a couple of verses with that James 4:3 says this when you ask you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures If I'm believing for God to do something great and mighty for my selfish desires I'm I'm off track I need to believe God to do something great and mighty for his kingdom However that will also benefit me Let's go to Matthew 6:33 Matthew 6, says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And this is talking about material needs, food and clothing, and your just basic needs of life that if we put his kingdom first, we'll get those things too. So let's put God's kingdom first, make it about him, about God's plan, and then we will be removing a block of the miracle, which is me making it about me, you making it about you. Let's make it about the kingdom of God. Then... Just the third potential block of miracles is just not being connected with God in the first place. John 15, 5. Jesus says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. That's faith goals. That's miracles happening is bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This was one of many big mistakes that I made early on, which was thank you, Lord, for dying for me. I, that is so Awesome. I'm going to go do some stuff for you. Just hang on. And then I just went out to go do a bunch of stuff for the Lord. Well, it doesn't work. Just spend time with Jesus. I changed my prayer life, you know, from Lord, what do you want me to do? I used to ask that question a lot. You know, you can feel when you're just not praying, right? And Lord, what do you want me to do? Just started to fade off into the distance. Like it wasn't valuable anymore. Then I started to pray, Lord, what do you want to do? And what's my role in that? You ask God what he wants to do he'll tell you some stuff. And then it's what he wants to do. And just ask him, okay, then what's my part? What part do you want me to play in your plan? Then just do that. That's part of abiding in the vine, connecting with God's plan, not your idea, your plan, but God's plan. You got to abide in the vine. So stay connected with the Lord. Then you can gain his strength. Step four. So step one, be faithful. Step two, persevere. Step three, remove the things that block the miracle. Of course, there's a whole bunch of other things that can potentially block miracles, but those are just a few examples. Step four, receive the miracle. It's very important. Let's put Mark eleven twenty four 24 back up there again. Receive the miracle. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. How does, does that sound good? How many people like that verse? Verse 24. Yeah, this is it's a great verse. But this is kind of like the verse before it, the moving mountains one. This one can be misunderstood because, you know, if I want to believe for a new car, should I just, should we all pray right now that I have a brand new 2020, you know, I don't know, F-250. Then I'll be like, oh, I've got it. And then I'll just run out there and see. And then it's my old truck and be like, oh, oh, well, you know, uh, is that what this means? I think this means that we have to play a part in receiving the miracle, We have to take hold of it ourselves. There's a job we have to do. Some people are ready to receive the wrong things. Let me ask you this question. If somebody says a compliment to you and somebody else insults you, which do you receive? Which one sinks into your heart? Which are you ready to bring in? And which do you not receive? If you reject the compliment, and you receive the insult, your receiving skills are poor. What we need to do is receive the good things of God, to grab hold of those. Because let me tell you, there are things that are out there that we can just have that are already provided. A great example would be forgiveness and acceptance into the family of God. If you believe that you have received forgiveness from God and acceptance into God's family, you have it. That's all you have to do. But if you're wondering, well, you know, I'll ask for forgiveness, but he probably won't forgive me. I'm not really sure. Is that going to work? you got to believe. you got to take hold of it. you got to bring it into your heart. Believe and receive. We have to receive the miracle. And a lot of that is how big of a cup are you going to hold out? You know, do we want to see more people? go from Ephesians 2.12 without hope and without God in the world and transition into verse 13, that now they've come close to Christ, that they're part of the inheritance. That Do we want to see that happen? Well, we need to hold out a bigger cup then. That's part of receiving. So it's our job to receive. I have a dilemma with teaching on faith. I would love to just Hammer faith as hard as I can and say, believe God for your miracle, you need to believe God for your healing God is here he's going to heal you today, come up and get prayer. I would love to say, you know what God is is telling me that you need to step out and start a business because God is going to bless you and it's going to be amazing and and come up for prayer and have, have God show you I would love to say God's calling you to the mission field, go grab hold of it everybody let's go let's go let's go if I preached faith that hard There would be more miracles. There would be more people who flourish. There would be more ministries that start. There would be more stories of pain and hurt as well. Because when your hope is high and it doesn't happen, it hurts your heart. I've seen so many people trust God for a specific thing and it didn't happen. Anybody ever notice that there are people, good people, who are believing God for something doesn't happen? the person gets sicker, the business falls apart, the relationship deteriorates. My heart hurts when people step out in faith and it doesn't work, and then they feel hurt, rejected by God, they blame themselves, and they're, they're damaged. I don't want those people damaged, but I want all the miracles too. So that's a dilemma. How do we solve that problem? Here's the best I can do. Daniel chapter 3. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are having it out with King Nebuchadnezzar. And as Nebuchadnezzar has set up an image of himself, he's telling everybody you got to worship the image. These, the Hebrew children are like, no, nah, we're not going to worship the image, and they're having it out. So let's go to Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? This is a significant threat from the most powerful person in the world. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Does this sound like faith? Does this sound like they're wavering? Like they're, you know, wanting to hedge their bets or anything like that? No, they are full of faith. Next verse. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. We know our God will come through and rescue us from the blazing furnace. But even if he doesn't, it doesn't matter to us. We don't care. We're not going to bend. We're not going to break. We're not going to get all sad. We'll just burn up and go be with God. So you are no threat. Oh, if we could have this. Oh, yeah, God's going to take care of me. God is going to see me through. God is going to... He's going to do a mighty work in this church. The power of God is going to fall. He's going to be with you in your lives. And even if he doesn't, we're going to love Jesus. We're going to stand in faith. We're going to have pure hearts and a clear conscience. We're going to have peace. Even if he doesn't, this is where I want us all to be full of faith, but not afraid of the specifics, full of faith, trusting God, but free to leave it in his hands. If we can get to that place, then we don't have to worry about being crushed by circumstances, having a faith crisis because the prayer didn't get answered the way that we wanted, but we can be full of faith. And I believe grabbing a hold of great miracles. But then when some things don't happen, we go, well, God is good. So I want you to be free to have faith and to be free from the fear Of things not happening exactly how you think they should. So let's go to prayer and let's trust God and let's step out in faith and let's say he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, that's okay. Pray with me. Heavenly father, you are so good. You are so good. Praise be to your name. Thank you, Lord, that you met Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fiery furnace and you did deliver them. But Lord, help us to have faith like they did. Faith, believing in your power, believing in your glory, believing in your majesty, believing in your ability to heal and deliver and save, but not needing you to prove yourself in any circumstance, but trusting you no matter what. So help us to walk by faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Help us to believe that you will see us through to have complete faith that those things you've showed us will come to pass, but also not vulnerable to being disillusioned when we see things happen differently than we anticipated. Father, set us free to walk by faith and not by fear. Heavenly Father, you are so good. You are so good. We trust you. We worship you. We honor you. We know that your plan is good. And so, Lord, show us your plan for our families. Show us your plan for our workplaces. Show us your plan for our schools, our friends. And, Lord, show us the role you'd have us to play in your plan. Help us to walk in your truth and believe for your mighty hand to move. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.